And I'm ready to go. Absolutely, man. What an insane finish to that Lions and Green Bay game, huh? You know, this is uh, this is just one of those moments, man, where we don't know how many games Aaron Rodgers has left in general, let alone in a Packer uniform. And we're lucky to be joined, actually, by one of our uh, our mutual friends who is a lifelong Packer fan. Jam, you want to comment on that first before we dive into that, man? You there? Well, we'll get into that when Jam uh, decides to request <laughs> and wants to step up. But, you know, no pressure, Jam. But anywho, yeah, I just I can't believe the Lions went in there and won the game, man. I think you you made that call and I got to give you all the credit there for. I think you predicted the flow of the game. It was an absolutely wild game. I think uh, Dan Campbell really took it personally that he was going to miss out. That these Lions were going to miss out on the playoffs and. I think watching them go out and still handle business gives that organization and that coaching staff a lot of things to build on for next year. Uh, very much a never-say-die type attitude. So um, I definitely think that uh, a lot of positives to build off this for Dan Campbell and the Lions. Yeah, just what a what an end to their miraculous season, right? I think they were 1-6 at one point. So heck of a finish strange to see them as a nine and eight team but you know that's just how the uh, the chips fall sometimes man jared goff has actually kind of had somewhat of a career resurgence it's great to see um yeah man i think these packers though they just didn't play well enough year round and quite honestly i think this is what happens when you put that much money into an aging quarterback right which is not a formula to win super bowls as we've seen Completely agree with you. I think that they're, they they need to kind of look towards the future. Um, it's Rogers is one of the greatest uh, quarterbacks of all time. I think that that's safe to say. With that, they they have they they drafted Jordan Love, and I think at this point you you've seen sample size here and there when he's been asked to play in some games, and he hasn't looked terrible. And you wonder where his where Rogers' mindset is, especially after refusing to give up the jersey tonight. Um, the walk-off that ended uh, Sunday Night Football, it was uh, it, it definitely seemed like it was either a passing of the guard or he knew that he may not come back. So uh, I, I think there is definitely a situation there where Jordan Love may be the starting quarterback. A little early to tell that, but uh, definitely something to keep in mind heading into the offseason. Yeah, man. I mean, that's that's definitely something to, to talk about. However, you know, let's get right into it. I think the first game now after the uh, the Lions-Packers wrap-up, we got to dive right into the Kansas City and the Raiders game, man. The Chiefs versus the Raiders. We talked about this the other night, and the score was 31-13. I'll let you go first. I know you got a big pre parade, so go ahead and put it out there. Hey, you know, it's one of those where uh, I, the Chiefs didn't really shock me with how they played. Uh, and also, if you look at the Raiders, they've been inconsistent all year. Uh, they're not the Raiders of the last couple years in the sense of competitive football. Um, so, yeah, it was a runaway win for the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs are rolling into that that uh, one seed. And it's going to be interesting, but if you're the there's a lot of off-season questions uh, in terms of where you're going to go. What did you think about the game? Yeah, I mean, I, I got to say I was a little busy Saturday. I did miss some of it. 
uh, caught a bit of the end, and it's just it's tough to see, man. These Raiders just. It's a tough division, okay? So I'm not going to make the I'm not going to allow them to have any excuses. But this division is one of the toughest divisions in all of football. I really think this isn't necessarily a Raiders story as it is a Kansas City story. I think Kansas City um, I think just the fact that Buffalo gets a lot of media attention, Burrow at the Bengals get a lot of media attention. I think there is something to be said, man, that I think I think these Kansas City Chiefs might be for real. And they really want to remind us that they are one of the, the teams to beat. And then also, Forrest, can you make me a co-host so I can um, give Jam permission to give us his Packers take as well when you got a second? Absolutely, man. Here you go. Thank, thank you. All right. One second. Let's see. Yeah, Jam, if you can, uh, let's see, I'm going to invite you to speak. We're going to do a quick pivot here and, and get a live reaction from uh one of the best Packer fans I know. Hey, Jim, you're there. I uh, I gave you permission to speak. You want to? We may be having some difficulties. Uh, yeah, that's all right. No problem. We'll try. We're still working it. it out. Yeah, still working it out on uh, Twitter Spaces here. But um, I guess we can move on to the next game because it was very meaningful. It's going to be the uh, the Titans at Jacksonville. Uh, I think we also had differing takes on this one. I think this is going to be one that, uh, man, I think you called this. T, I think you actually called the point spread right down to it. Uh, I was a little bit more trusting of these Titans, man. And for a while, it looked very good. Uh, Dobbs looked phenomenal in the first half. Looked like they were going to be uh, looked like they were going to be on their way to clinching another division title. And you know, it just did not go their way, man. Jacksonville's defense was rowdy, and they were forcing turnovers. What did you think about the game, man? And once again, congratulations on calling it perfectly for your Jags. <laughs> thank you man thank you you know this is one of those things where i do pull for the titans a bit i think there's something to be said about coach Brabel, uh busting with the boys the podcast the the tennessee titans you know that stadium man we've been there we've been you know we've supposed to spend some time in nashville but i will say this was a story of coach doug peterson super bowl winning coach returning to prominence Riding the ship for Trevor Lawrence, who struggled with uh, Coach Urban Meyer. And yeah, man, I felt great about the the Titans losing by four. I don't know why. It was just something I kind of saw. I felt like every game Tennessee's close. I really do think there were a couple of poor poor calls and poor breaks going against Tennessee at the end. There was the fumble recovery uh, touchdown for Jacksonville, which I didn't think it was a fumble, but, you know, I'm not a referee. And uh, the terrible interception by Dobbs towards the end as well on the possession before that. So, you know what, Jacksonville, props to them. That was the most <laughs> was the most fan attendance I've seen in Jacksonville in a long time since your boy uh, underrated David Gerard was there. <laughs> they looked yeah. good, man. The fans were excited. I don't know if you saw, man, but uh... – Khan and uh, uh, Tony Khan and his father were very happy after the game, and rightfully so. They've started to write the ship that uh, just net, you know this Jags team, man. Where other than that one brief uh, run they had in the AFC, absolutely dominating with that defense, uh, they, they they didn't really have. Uh, they haven't really had too many good years, right? Um, until you go back to their first couple. So it's good to see, man. It's good to see some uh, some some new faces in the playoffs and. Uh, the fan base seems extremely excited and I, you know, we'll obviously get into our playoff predictions here uh, a little bit later, but 
Man, give it to Jacksonville, man. And, you know, I, I was always kind of a Trevor Lawrence uh, denier, man. I know you knew that. Um, but I, I definitely don't haven't seen what others have seen in him. But you know what? A couple years in now, man, he's making it look really good. So shout out to Trevor Lawrence and the Jags, man. Things are looking up for them. Yes. Um, just to build on that, I think, first off, we'll have a playoff teaser. We're not necessarily going to give our predictions away in this episode. But we will tease about some of the matchups that we're excited about. Um, to add to that Trevor Lawrence take, I will be the first to admit that I've lost faith in Trevor Lawrence as a pro quarterback. Hard to, after seeing the season he had last year. However, I will say that I remember calling Fofo up in uh, college when I was like, hey, man, look at this Trevor Lawrence guy. I, he slings the football the way I've never seen it played. And it looks different, the eye test, when he was playing at Clemson his freshman year. But you know what? He's always been a top-rated quarterback. So, yeah, it's good to see him actually come to fruition. I will say, though, that let's see what Jacksonville can do in the playoffs. Let's transition into our next game, the Cleveland Browns versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. How do you feel about that, Fofo? Yeah, I had a completely opposite take on this one of what it really occurred. You you pretty much called this to a T as well, man, saying uh, that Kenny Pickett was going to do enough to get it done. And watching this game today, um, I was actually pretty surprised with how bad Cleveland looked. Um, I know they've had the whole Miles Garrett controversy recently um, with him he wasn't going to come back and sending him home, but that defense did not look great. And uh, honestly, the Deshaun Watson deal for all that it is, is looking very bad. Um, He has not looked good since he's returned. And I'm not a Deshaun Watson fan whatsoever. And this does not um, have to do with anything that occurred off the field. I I have felt this way since his college days. I think he's the most overrated quarterback in, in the NFL. Um, that said, I think it's clear that he has not been able to work the rust off and having no offseason has not helped him. Uh, so it is going to be interesting to see how his offseason goes coming into next year if he's able to kind of help his team out a little bit more because he's not doing even what Baker was doing. You know, that was supposed to be a massive upgrade, and it has not been up until this point. Um, what did you feel about the game, man? Yes, yes. Um while I give that take, can you click on Jam again and see if you can invite him to speak? Um, I'm not sure why he's not getting that invite. Yeah, I got you. Already. I just sent it through again. Let's see if this goes. Yeah, I've been sending it on my end as well. We gotta get we gotta get our Packers fans hot take here. I want to see what the, <laughs> I want to see what's going on with Packer Packer Nation right now. Right, yeah, the the voice of Packers football for our podcast. Yeah, you know, we'll we'll get that figured out. Um, We'll see. We'll see what we can do there. I got to say, man, hats off to Coach Mike Tomlin, man. Another season with a winning record and uh, not having a losing record ever. So that's phenomenal, man. Very impressive. These Browns, I just I don't know what it is, man. I think they went through multiple quarterbacks. I think I think it's hard to bring on Deshaun without an offseason. Kind of what you said. I think Brissett, it seemed like they were kind of flowing with Jacoby. They should have kept him. But that's easy. Hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? But I will say, just Cleveland with that run attack, man. You have Kareem Hunt. You got Nick Chubb. They should be running the ball every every down, it seems like. But, again, Pittsburgh, hats off to them. The defense came. The run game was there. Pickett made enough plays. Really not much more to say, right? I think 
I think the AFC North is just full of good teams. I would back that that statement up there. I think uh, a lot of questions going into the off season and heading into next year. Um, that division is, like you said, very tough, and it's a total wild card every single year. Um, it, let's transition into another wild card division. Uh, we had the Panthers visiting the Saints. This one was weird, man. It was a uh, Saints were favored going into it. I think there was a lot of uh, expectation for them to kind of go out on their season finale here and look really good. Um, something for Dennis Allen and his coaching staff to build on. And once again, Dennis Allen came out flat. They they put up a total of seven points. Um, I don't know your your views on the game, man, but I am absolutely blown away uh, with with once again how good that Panthers defense looked and. Uh, you know, I think you've got to honestly give a real, a real look at. Uh, I think your coach honestly might just be on the team already. I think maybe you drop the interim title away, um, and and you just proceed as is. I don't know if you're going to get a guy that's uh, more loved by his team um, than than looks it right. So. Um, Steve has looked great since he's taken over. Almost won into a division title. I don't know what your takes are on the game, man, but go ahead and uh, go ahead and shoot. Yes, my first thought: How are the Saints only putting up seven points in this game? <laughs> that being said, hats off to this Carolina team. They've been scrappy. We've been talking about them. I was wrong on this call. I thought the New Orleans Saints would cover. They actually even lost. You liked the Carolina Panthers money line. And uh, you were correct, man, so I'll give you some credit on this game. Very low scoring, 10-7 to 7 in a dome game as well. Uh, really disappointing season for New Orleans. Can't really say anything more. I feel like there wasn't a single player that really stood out for New Orleans this season. But yeah, man, they had some injuries. James Winston got hurt. But I don't know. I just think the coaching staff seemed off this year. But yeah, I do think, hey, just to add on to what you were saying, my man, uh, I, I wanted yes. to throw this out here um, as a little uh, as a little discussion point. But I do find it interesting that the entire year, even with how bad that Andy Dalton looked, that they've decided to stick with him over giving Jameis another shot starting. I think it's a version of open tanking at that point. You know, Jameis Winston's a better quarterback, and you know he's going to give you a better chance to win. Um, I, I just want to get your take on. Uh, why you think that is or if you think there's anything to that and if you're Jameis Winston are you looking for another team uh come this offseason it's hard it's hard to say that man I don't really know how many more opportunities he has to begin with so I'm not sure I'm not sure how I would answer that if I'm Jameis and it's it's tough I think really what you kind of got to look at is the Saints team, they don't have a quarterback. So if I'm him, I double down. Andy, who knows if Andy Dalton's going to come back and want to play again. So, yeah, we'll see, man. Um, I don't know. It's a tough one. I think really we should just go back. Um, we should actually transition on to the next game. The next game was the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens. You liked the Ravens. Actually, correction, I like the Ravens. You like the Bengals. And, uh, yeah, man, I'll let you go first, and you can go ahead and claim your victory parade. You were right. They won by 11 points. 
Yeah, I looked at it more so of, of the Bengals kind of coming off, being a little bit irritated at the situation that transpired with the AFC playoffs. Um, I think they felt a little bit slighted uh, with the coin flip situation that was going to take place. Um, you know, I, I would I would say that the Ravens are in a really weird spot. I think with Lamar Jackson, they're a completely different team. That said, nobody really knows what's going on with Lamar Jackson, and obviously we'll get into this in our in our wild card weekend preview. But for now, I think there's more questions than answers with these Ravens and Bengals. Look good; they're well oiled machine. They're heading in, um, and they're gonna they're gonna have a, a solid postseason run. As a little early uh, spoiler there from what I see from them, but they looked really good, man. What did you uh, What did you see in that game? I got to say, man, I don't know if there's a hotter team in the NFL than these Cincinnati Bengals, man. They've really come on. 8-0 in their last eight. Yeah, you know, Cincinnati, man, they're battle-tested. They've got the right pieces. Let's not forget, they made a good, deep Super Bowl run last year, right? It fell just short of the play of the actual Super Bowl. I like I like the way this team's trending, man. I just felt like last year I told you this. It's hard not to uh, go deep in the playoffs with a top five running back, a top five receiver, and a top five quarterback. It's that simple. They're stacked all around. They've got weapons. This defense makes plays. I like Cincinnati, man. I think they'll do pretty well this year. We'll see. I I, I like I, I agree agree completely with you on that, man. Um, Moving on, we had a uh, a pretty big matchup between uh, the New England Patriots and the Buffalo Bills. Um, obviously, coming off the Demar Hamlin situation, um, I, I think it's interesting, man. I, I wrote, I, you know, I was taking some notes today, and I could not believe this, and I wanted to make sure I brought it up. The opening kickoff going for a touchdown. I mean, are you kidding me? My goodness, talk about destiny with this team, right? That was. Absolutely a mind-blowing way to start the game. And they got a second one in the game as well. Um, kind of to state, it looks like the Patriots, my, my take on the game is uh, Patriots in there. Um, they really did try to steal this one from Buffalo and make a get into the playoffs. But Buffalo is just too damn good. I mean, they are. Their defense is good. Their offense is good. Their special teams put up two touchdowns today. Their coaching is phenomenal. Their quarterback play is top three in the NFL. I don't know what more you want uh, in a team. And that home field advantage is absolutely no joke. So um, shout out to Buffalo moving on uh, in, in New England, you know, got a lot of questions heading into the off season. Uh, Mac Jones did not look great today, um, but uh, you know, I'll let you uh, give me your thoughts on this one, man. I think actually for uh, Mac Jones standards, he looked decent <laughs> from what I've seen all season. Uh, it does seem like he regressed this year, but granted, Matt Patricia was his offensive coordinator, right? So it's a little hard. That being said, man, I just don't think New England has enough weapons on the offensive side. It's hard, right? You're looking at Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills. They come in, and they hit you hard. They hit you in the mouth. They got weapons all over the place, man. And it's just it's as plain and simple as Buffalo's a better team. Buffalo should have won this game. And quite honestly, New England... If we take away two special teams touchdowns for Buffalo, man, the score's a lot closer, right? So, but New England, all year round, man, I will say they've really stayed in with every game only because of their defense. Their defense has been putting up points, not even just turnovers, but they've been actually putting up touchdowns, whether via fluky fumble or an interception return for a touchdown. So, ultimately, I think this is almost just like the end of an era. I think if your coach 
Belichick, you got to go somewhere else or you got to call it a career. I think it's time to, you know, is his division is too tough, man. He's got Miami, McDaniel. He's got uh, Coach McDermott and the Buffalo Bills. These Jets are coming on. They're one quarterback away from possibly stealing this division and taking it over. I think hey, it's time one to get could out. argue that Jets have one too many quarterbacks. <laughs> Just say it, man. With their quarterback roller coaster this season, uh, you know, obviously we'll get into that in a minute. But I had to poke a little fun there at the Jets situation. It's interesting you have that take with uh, with Bill Belichick because I'm sitting here. You know, looking at the last couple of years, we tried an experiment to fail. We tried the Mac Jones experiment, and it's not looking good. Is it? You know, I think a lot of people expected Bill to be able to move this team by now, at least back into a postseason type style team, a team that could actually get get it done, if that makes sense, and get back to winning ways. And we're just not seeing it. We're seeing a very average team that's defensive solid. Uh, but but there's just not a lot there, and they're not winning games consistently. Do you do you think that this is going to be something the Patriots are going to force on Bill, or do you think that Bill's just going to have to come to the realization that the game might have passed him by? That's a great take. I think Bill's ego is really what's got him this uh, this low since Tom's left. I think his ego booted Tom out, and I would say his ego and his nepotism has actually led him to where he's at. He's got too many relatives on the coaching staff. He can't draft well. Yes. Yeah, right. Is it Steve Belichick, the one that's always doing the weird facial expressions? And Correct. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Rick man. Mullet. Yes, yes. Definitely a little nepotism on the NFL game. Yes. You there? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I think we had a brief cutout there. Um, I think we've kind of spent a little bit of time on this Patriots-Bills game, and I think, you know, hey, shout out to the Bills <laughs> heading into... Going uh, on to that tangent, aren't we? No, hey, man, you know, it's 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 the uh, podcast. We've got to go on those little tangents, man, and have a good time with it. Um, I think what it was was, uh, you know, not to cut you off, I think it's just the fact that, good. like, we're witnessing the passing of the guards, man, right? We grew up with Bill Belichick dominating everything, in, and now it's changed. And I think that was a good transition of talking about the Jets because that is the next game on our slate. The New York Jets, the Miami Dolphins, a final score of 11 to 6. Did you watch this game? What'd you see? What'd you like? And uh, how about me being right about my Dolphins? Absolutely, man. I uh, I did watch this game. And, uh, and it, was, it was not, it obviously wasn't very exciting, very defensive. Um, that said, it did look for a while like the Jets were going to be able to take this one away. Um, and I think scoreboard watching, this had implications, obviously, with that Steelers game. So they kept bouncing around, but I will say, uh, Dolphins getting it done with with with, with Skyler Thompson out there, and he, I mean he looked well, he looked good um, enough to get the win. I should say he didn't force too many error throws. He was able to kind of manage the offense. He kept up with Joe Flacco and the Jets. That said, if this is what they're planning on taking into next week's wildcard weekend against Buffalo, it is going to get ugly and it is going to get ugly fast. Not to jump in on that yet, but um, to kind of recap both both seasons there, um, that's kind of my take on the Jets. On the other hand, man, Joe Flacco ending yet what feels like another season ender for the Jets. I mean, the dude's been there a few seasons now. Uh, defense has definitely improved. I think that's clear from today. Um, 
But, you know, I do think that uh, it's definitely something that they're going to have to look into the offseason and wonder, it, are we – do we have the quarterback? And if we do, who is it? Uh, we can't play musical quarterbacks every season. And uh, that that's kind of my, my brief takeaway from the game, man. What did you feel watching this ultimate defensive battle between the Jets and the Dolphins? Yeah, you know, it was very defensive. It was hard to watch. It was actually the uh, the national game out here in Hawaii just because of – the Dolphins and Tua. That being said, it was tough, man. It was a tough game to watch. It Defensive games, I will say, I think I've come to appreciate them more, a lot more, especially in today's day and age. It was a good, good game. Uh, Coach McDaniels, they stole it in the fourth quarter. Uh, McFlacco looked good, man. Flacco made some good throws to Wilson, but I just don't think the Jets were dynamic enough. And um, I think also I'd rather see Miami in the playoffs than not. So great to see them and not the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. So, yeah, man, I think we should go on to the next game. The next game I'm going with is America's Game of the Week, the Houston Texans versus the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, That was kind of an inside joke for anyone that listened to the previous episode where I was hyping up the Packers game, but I – actually had forgotten about the Texans game. <laughs> and Fofo thought I was hyping up the Texans-Colts game. <laughs> and I have to say, man, in retrospect, that it lived up did to not it. age well because, my goodness, was this game an absolute barn burner. Did you uh, – you know, I don't know if you were able to keep this game, man. I, I, you know, I had this game streaming on the on the side TV, man, and I was glued to my smaller TV for 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 most of it because I was seeing some insane plays. Uh, well, I mean, we can talk about Davis Mills coming in, converting a fourth and twenty, uh, a touchdown on fourth and twenty. Like, come on, this is you. You can't write it. I mean, Colts are down ten heading into the fourth. They come away uh, to take the lead. And then you have the, the Texans go back on top, man. And even – I guess this kind of sums up being a Texans fan. You know, I used to live in Houston, and I know a lot of uh, – I have a lot of f- friends that are Texan fans. And um, even when the Texans win, they lose. And, and, and they, they, they lost the number one pick today, and there was no need to do that. You had every reason to not go for two. <laughs> I just – it's another one. Good for them for not taking – uh, you know, but you could have had a king's ransom there, having the number one overall pick with some of the quarterback prospects that are coming out. So, uh, also, um, you know, I mean, I don't know what you thought about the game, man. Um, what what were you? What was your take on this absolute high score affair? Again, right? There's a reason I hyped this game up, man. It ended up being a 32 31 <laughs> <laughs> game. For Houston, and I believe if I remember the line that we went with was two and a half, where Indianapolis was favored. And, yeah, that was uh, spot on. You're right. Yes, and it was very close. It came down to the wire. I do believe I took the Houston Texans and Coach Levy Smith. I was hyped, so I'm glad that they uh, they pulled through for me. That being said, it's hard to get hyped for a game where there's a three and thirteen game uh, team going up against a four and twelve team, right? Um. It is hard. I not to say that the quality of football isn't there and, and you know won't be exciting, but I feel like week eighteen, end of the season, there aren't any playoff implications. It's really hard to uh, be as invested as as you are in this game, maybe mid season or earlier in the year. But yeah, man, hats off to these Texans. I think they made up a, they made enough plays. I really got to say, uh, my shout out is to Brandon Cooks, five grabs over a hundred yards. 
he's still in the league and he's still producing. <laughs> it's great to see, man. Uh, he's been on several teams. What a what a good career he's actually been turning out, man. But yeah, I don't I don't know if I have too much to say for this game besides that, like you said, this is Coach Saturday's last game. I don't know if that's particularly going to be true, but we'll see how the cards play out. Hey, absolutely, man. And I have to say, you, you said something there that was quite interesting. You brought up the fact that uh, they, they pulled through for Lovey and you were happy to see that. Well, you know, a little breaking news about a little over an hour ago. Uh, the Texans pulled through on Lovey and let him know he will not be returning next season. Uh, so Lovey is out. I mean, he's the first coach, uh, first coach out, and it isn't even Monday yet. So they let him walk early. I think that is, uh, you know, my personal take on it here is it's clear that they're hiring coaches knowing they're going to set them up to fail and getting them out the door. And I think that they're going to try to make a big play on this next coach, uh, especially now holding the keys to two first-round picks. It's an attractive position. Um, they, they're going to and definitely a great, build a great rookie yeah. running back as well. Absolutely. I mean, a, a good, good roster back. overall, I would say. A good game roster. You're going to have pieces that are hidden in there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for a game that meant nothing, uh, it definitely was a – uh eventful game if you attended it if you wa- you know if you watched it you definitely got your entertainment value a lot of questions heading into the offseason right so looks like the coach that uh we, we, we were talking about jeff saturday coaching his final game and i think that that's still true but well gone it looks like they're going to be uh battling each other and they're both their final games in the nfl Yes. Yeah, man. You know, again, I think we'll actually just do more deep diving into this in our off season. Um, as the after the playoffs, what we'll do is we'll do a deep dive into each team, the roster that we like, what the uh, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats are. We'll do straight SWOT analysis for all of the teams. So that'll be fun. Uh, but yeah, man. I think you know what? Let's just go uh, deep dive into the next game. I was blatantly wrong for this. And this is what I get for believing in the Arizona Cardinals versus the San Francisco 49ers. Sometimes you're an optimist, you know, it's it's hard to be that. This final score was 38 to 13. I lost big. I would have taken 14 and a half for Arizona. It wasn't enough. Fofo, what do you think? I don't know if there's a lot to say here, man. Um, Cardinals have been, <laughs> a, I mean, honestly, the those have been a terrible team all year, um, and the Niners are kind of fine-tuning heading into the postseason. They are ready to go, and I think that that's going to be interesting. Now we know their opponent for next week, right? So it's a very interesting matchup. I think that they uh, they were getting Brock Purdy more reps, which is definitely going to help him. Um, but once again, not a lot to say. I, I'm not impressed with the Cardinals. I think they're a bottom three franchise in the NFL right now. I don't think there's any attractive pieces there. Um, it felt like it was the game of the day because of J.J. Watt's retirement and Brock Purdy trying to develop, you know. So um, not a lot to take away there, man. Uh, very overall uneventful game. I don't know if you have anything to add to that. Definitely not. Definitely not. No, I, I feel like the game just kept showing J.J. Watt. We know it was his last game. Um, but really, he hasn't been as relevant the last few years, ever since he left Houston. Had a lot of injuries as well. I will say he was very dominant for a few years during his peak. But that was so long ago, right? And uh, I think we live in today's day and age. Where this isn't a flashback episode, right? So, yeah, the Arizona Cardinals, man, just didn't have enough, uh, didn't have enough juice. And I think today's game really showcased why, excuse me, why Kyler Murray is a top-tier quarterback. 
Yeah, I would I would agree. I mean, uh, Kyler Murray wasn't winning games, though. And I know we're going to definitely get into some debates over on this show. Well, how but, can you, man? How hey, can you with that playbook? You have you have a really, really good point, right? Um, I think my issue with Kyler Murray, and not to go on a, too much of a tangent here on this Niners cards game, but my issue with Kyler Murray is him and not playing the football right out of the gate. You know, he was playing the whole, I might go to baseball, I might go to baseball unless you pay me what I'm deserving. Well, I get it. that talented, I mean, ah, you, when you're, should, you should flex your options. Well, when you're that talented, you should be winning more than five, six games a year. And you should That's actually fair. not be getting blown out in a playoff game, and your only playoff game that I've seen you in, and losing by 20-plus. So, it's one of those at home, exactly, man, yes. exactly. I think maybe if he spent a little bit more time studying the playbook and not on Call of Duty, we'd be in a better situation for a franchise of Arizona. That said, man, uh, we I think we've given them a little bit too much airtime. Um, let's go ahead and <laughs> head down yes. to Atlanta. To talk. Not an eventful game here either. Atlanta getting the perhaps biggest win of the season against the third and fourth stringers of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, obviously, I'm a Bucks fan. It doesn't it doesn't hurt me too bad to take this L as we're all obviously looking on to Dallas next week, man. Uh, did you what you, what were your thoughts on this game? Did you have any? Yeah, these are all team members that you did not find out about until today, right? And uh, <laughs> these are people you're very passionate about, and you know them. Oh well, let's see. I think we might be able to get Jam. Jim, if you unmute your mic, you can finally give us your uh, Packers take, man. Welcome in. Hello, hello. I'm I'm glad to finally have got in. It took a while. <laughs> Unlike Aaron Rodgers, yes. I'm clutch. So, <laughs> I mean, oh, man. so now I think yes. you could tell how I'm feeling about it. When I saw Aaron Rodgers throw that interception, I was getting flashbacks of the interception far through to Brian Dawkins in the 4th and 26th game. Oh, I was like, fantastic. I was like, no, no, no. And it it just felt like a knife just stabbed you and then just twisting the knife. Like, because I thought it was going to be another signature Aaron Rodgers moment, like how he had in the Hail Mary in 2015 or the um, or the game against Dallas with that play to Jared Cook or or the game against Chicago. But instead of that, it was it was just Favre in Philadelphia. It, it certainly felt that way watching. I'm obviously not a fan of either team, but I will tell you, the entire game felt like we were just waiting for Rodgers to make that big play. And it, we were just one play away, one play away, one play away, and it just didn't come. You know, And that's a very, very weird thing to say about Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and it's surreal, but... But actually, interesting fact is my sister kept ranting about Aaron Rodgers the past few years of him choking in the NFC Championship game against Tampa Bay in 2020, and then the game against the 49ers when he choked in that game as well, that he's starting to develop this reputation as a choke artist. That's a very interesting take. I, I, you're not, that's not the first time I've heard that, and I think that there is some truth to that for sure when you look at, like you mentioned, those games. You can even go back to you know this entire career here. I mean, we can go back to the, the 15-1 and one against the Giants. You know, like there, There's been so many moments that he has that were big moments. He just has not been able to come through for the for the Packers organization, right? Yeah, but I will say this about the game against the Giants after the fifteen and one season. 
Joe Philbin, the offensive coordinator at the time his son died. And then also Mike McCarthy gave Aaron Rodgers the week off week 17 against Detroit. So he had a lot of rust, so he didn't play that well. And then 2012, when the Kaepernick thing happened, that defense was just gassed. And then I will say, maybe you could say it about the NFC title game against Seattle, because but he did have a bad calf, though. But I think the pinpoint is it really with the championship game against Tampa Bay and then the playoff game against San Francisco and this, I think it's starting to cement his choke artist reputation. I think that's a very, very fair take. Uh, Goggin, did you, do you, do you, do you kind of have that stigma with Rogers? Do you feel that that is something that's well, fair to say at this point? Look, man, I'm not, it's funny, man. Cause I, I don't want to defend him. Right. But I will say that a couple of times, He's been an underdog, all right, even at home, right? Let's be real. The consensus opinion was that Tampa Bay had the better roster. Brady is the better quarterback in a playoff matchup, okay? So I'm going to give him a pass there, okay? The thing is, the other part also, if we if we are just looking purely roster to roster, right? If we're talking about from like a military perspective, you know, Rodgers being the war general and his team being his troops, versus these other playoff teams that he's faced off against. And this is something that I've had to question myself because I will say off the top of my head, I think he he is a choke artist, but I think I have to dig deeper. All right? And if you dig deeper, the San Francisco roster with Debo Samuel, they had the better team. They had the better pieces, okay? And just like in chess, it's easier to win when you have more knights and you have more rooks. And you got more bishops. That's how it's been. All right. I think the only time where I really got to say Rogers just couldn't get it done, I think to me was against uh, Eli Manning and the Giants. Right. So I really got to say it. I think if I'm being purely objective, yeah, you know, he could make more plays here and there. But at the end of the day, man, it's he's only throwing the ball. Right? He's not catching the ball. He's not Marcus Mariota throwing himself a touchdown in a playoff game. <laughs> right? Oh, boy, a Mariota reference. I knew we were going to sneak one in there. Huh, and, good one, Goggin. Good one. And, and his only other playoff win was against uh, Caleb Haney because the great Jay Cutler had to go to the treadmill. Yeah, I think the big thing, though, about Aaron Rodgers, and to your point in saying – that those teams are superior, especially Debo Samuel or Tampa Bay, is there were times when Rodgers had the ball in his hands in those games and he needed to score a touchdown, and he did not. And unfortunately, when you're playing in Green Bay, you have that high expectation to win those big games. That's one of the reasons why Favre was pushed out of town, because he kept he choked in Philadelphia he choked against the Giants. He had that six-interception disaster against the Rams. And Ted Thompson's like, it's time we move to Aaron Rodgers. And I'm seeing the same thing happen here. You know, I, I, I mean, you're 100% right. It does have a very eerie, similar feel to when Rodgers left town. The, you know, obviously, when he left town to now. And, and I know we looked at the first-round draft pick, and we can compare that to Jordan Love as well. Um, Jordan Love to Aaron Rodgers being drafted as well. But it is interesting. I think I, I will say one thing I am going to leave this season with about Green Bay is from what I saw from Jordan Love this year, I was extremely impressed. And 
that absolutely raises a ton of questions for the Packers heading into this offseason of, is it time? And also, is Rodgers going to make it easy? Does Rodgers believe it's time to, to walk away? Uh, it wasn't great body language heading off that field in Lambeau, and it, it definitely makes you wonder. I had people, other fans of other teams, telling me after the Sunday night game against Philadelphia saying that maybe it's time for Green Bay to move on from Aaron Rodgers because a lot of people were impressed with Jordan Love. It's kind of similar to what happened, again, with the Favre thing against Dallas when he was injured and Rodgers came in, and all of a sudden Rodgers looked this good. I remember when Favre went down in that game and Rodgers had to fill in and played well. I was like, oh, my goodness, I think I'm ready for Aaron Rodgers right now. You know, that's it's funny. Let me jump in on this real quick. I think it's great because I do remember being a kid and I remember vividly that Rogers was getting booed by his own fan base for two, three years. And I was I was one of those people. I'm not going to lie. I think as a kid, I loved the fact that every year Brett Favre teased the retirement and he kept wanting to come back. And um, I just I think there's something to be said about that where I could kind of understand that, hey, he's an older guy, he's an older quarterback. There's, you know, a legacy quarterback at that time, and he believed that he had the right to come back and take his team. And then I remember not understanding as a kid either why the uh, the Packers decided to move forward with with uh, Aaron, and which was great because I got to see Viking Favre and I got to see the great Jet Favre as well. So yeah, guys, you know, like we'll see. Maybe maybe Rogers moves teams. Maybe he stays. We'll see. You know, it'll be fun. And does he do an ayahuasca retreat with a Jets cheerleader? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that was wonderful. That was, that was uh, just, fantastic. That was just too tempting, man. No, that's great. We, you know, if it's there, you can't pass it up, man. You got to shoot your shot. For sure. Like Kobe. Yes, yes. Um, well, Jim, we're going to quickly transition into the next game just to get this going, and we'll um, we'll ask for your opinion here on the score and just if you watch the game and the highlights as well. So the next game we've got my Washington Commanders against America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, 26-6. to Fofo, give me some love. I took the Commanders, I took them big, and it paid out. You absolutely did, man. I, I got to start with this. Uh the commanders had no business winning this game, and it's interesting that they did. Uh, I will, I'll say this. I think this says more about the Cowboys than it does the commanders because you look at this. I, I think the Cowboys, knowing that they were going to be playing Tampa, 90% likely going to be playing Tampa, are definitely looking ahead to that to that game. Um, and, and, you know, if you're, if you're a Tampa Bay fan like I am, you like what you see. Um, they look sloppy out there, and they did not look like they were – on the same page, the defense was given up yardage left and right. I mean, honestly, I can't say anything positive about the Cowboys play today. Um, what, what was your thoughts on that? Uh, and if Jam has any, please feel free to jump in on this game. Yeah, Jam, I'll defer to you and then I'll go. I saw a little bit of this game, but but from what I saw, I saw the Dak Prescott pick six and I was thinking it's the same thing over and over again. And <laughs> to quote Stephen A. Smith, how about those Cowboys, y'all? There's an accident waiting to happen. What can go wrong will go wrong. Will go wrong, absolutely. It's a little serious. The Cowboys, actually, I kind of expected them to lose in this kind of fashion against the Commanders because 
This has been a historically vicious rivalry in football, one of the most vicious rivalries. And anything can happen on any given Sunday in the NFL. That's why the NFL has changed the format of having the final week of the season be division rival games so then we could have this extra intensity. Yeah, I agree. I mean, really, I I caught some of this game here a bit on Red Zone, and I got to say I liked what I saw. I loved seeing this commander's defense. I think it's a shame that Heineken was benched for this. My, my quarterback of the year, my boy Taylor Heineke. I think the other part that was tough is I think if we can go back three weeks to the Giants game uh, with the commanders, I feel like if um, Chase Young suits up, whether he plays at half capacity or any sort of a limited snap count, there's, the commanders are going to win that game. I think Dan Jones made a few runs here and there. It's tough. We had the fumble six, um, you know, but I can't be bitter. It was a great season for Taylor Heineke, the commanders, coach Ron Rivera. Again, as always, they they did well. I mean, if you really look at the toughest uh, variable that they had was starting Carson Wentz in so many games. <laughs> That's not going to be a... Uh, it's not going to be helpful. It's a recipe to, to tank, right? So I think any team that wants a, a high lottery pick or a high draft pick, just start Carson Wentz, right? It works out well for whether you're the Eagles, works out well for the Colts and the Commanders as well. But yeah, man, I, I think I'm just excited to see these Cowboys uh, come up against these Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll see what happens. Uh, let's go on to the next game. This is for us three. We're all from uh, the Northwest area. But neither of us are Seahawks fans. So, the Los Angeles Rams going up against the Seattle Seahawks. The final score was Seattle 19, Rams 16 in overtime. Fofo, I got to have you go first. Yeah, man. I, I am a, uh, I, I like to call myself a, a Geno Smith denier. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of his whatsoever. Uh it just—it's crazy to me, man. He comes out and and is able to resurrect his career like this, and I'm definitely the bubble pie this year. I can definitely admit that. I will say, I do believe that uh, this was a game that definitely felt like the Rams had it. And you know, looking at how the rest of the night went, it's 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 a darn shame the Lions ended up missing out. But Seattle got in, and uh, credit to them on a season, man. I mean, I think this just backs up how good Pete Carroll is as a head coach, being able to win with Geno Smith at the helm and being able to find running back talent once again. Kenneth Walker, who's absolutely dominating every time he's lining up and running through defenses for three, four, five yards a carry. Um, and they have a great wide receiver core as well. And that defense, they get turnovers. They're not pretty. They're not dominant, but they will tur- get turnovers. And it's very interesting. It's that Pete Carroll, you know, nose down defense. And you got to give it some credit. So I definitely thought that they looked, uh, they, you know, they got it done. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. They got it done. They're in the dance and uh, every team well, scary once they're in. Well, we were talking up coach Pete, man. I mean, I feel like we kind of gave some uh, good juju over there to, to Coach Pete and his Seahawks, man, we knew he was a gamer. We knew they were going to win the game, didn't we? Yeah, man, and I think we're big. I mean, we're big Pete Carroll fans, obviously from the Northwest, and uh, and and honestly, it's hard not to be uh, when you look at what he's won with, along with the fact that this man has done it all. He's done it on a you know national title. He's done it for a Super Bowl. And you can tell that man wants to be nowhere else but on the football field on a Sunday. So it, it's tough to hate on the guy. Um, great win for him. And I, I just think, you know, with the Rams uh, starting Baker Mayfield, I mean, they were obviously 
a shamble of what the Rams started out this year. Um, obviously, no Cooper Cup. Matt Stafford's gone. Their coach is checking out to go be on television. There's a lot there. So, uh, you know, I, I, I obviously – that's kind of my thoughts on it. Uh, what was your thoughts on it, Goggin? Yeah, uh, I'm going to go – I'm going to let – actually defer. I'm going to let Jam go first, see if he saw the game. I know he's got a, a live foot traffic report of the Seattle Seahawks fans. So, Jim, what'd you uh, what'd you think? I thought the game was they fought really hard. Geno Smith did struggle a little bit, but the defense actually showed a little more life in this game from from what I saw. And then another thing is throughout the season, I gained a ton of respect for P. Kell how he was able to to reboot the team without Russell Wilson the way he did. I thought this team was going to go down, but the fact they played as well as they did was was amazing. And I think P. Kell might be in contention for me, coach of the year, for what he had to deal with. Completely agree. Wow, that's a, that's a great take, actually. I think we should do a um, – that's a great topic for tomorrow, actually, Jam. I think we'll do uh, – who we think won the MVP and why, and who we think we won Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year. I'm looking forward to it. Jam, if you got time tomorrow, we'd love to have you on. Okay. And then and then another thing that I've noticed with Seattle is all year from what I'm watching, they just look like a hungry team that are just young and still figuring out ways to play to find a way to win and the thing is they have played really well this year and, and all the mistakes they made there's more of a lack of experience whereas when I was not to compare to Green Bay but I'm gonna do it when Green Bay makes mistakes it's like why is this team making mistakes all they have experience and and it just felt odd and bizarre yes yeah that's a great take I really got to say my takeaway, I watched a lot of this game, actually. This is the game I focus on a lot in the afternoon slate. Man, there's just something about Seattle at home. We've all been in that stadium. It's loud. There's some magic. Uh, it's hard to play there, right, for those that aren't from there. It's cold. It's wet. It's drizzly. Uh, Seattle's the, actually the only team that's even practicing up there. I know they have an indoor stadium, but a lot of the practices and walkthroughs are outdoors as well. Yeah, man, I, I got to say it's just hard for the Rams to um, have gotten that win. Rams made some key errors. I will say that they kind of fumbled this win away. But you know what? Seattle just, they played harder, man. They they had a lot of turnovers, and Baker Mayfield and the company just couldn't capitalize. I think Cam Makers played very well. Where was this all year? But, hey, it is what it is. Seattle is in the playoffs, and we're looking forward to having them. The next game on the slate the New York football giants facing off against their division rival, the Philadelphia heavyweight Eagles. Eagles won 22 to 16. Fofo, give me your take. Yeah, this might not be a, a popular take, but man, I, these Eagles are fraudulent. And I'm just being honest. They are as fraudulent as fraudulent gets. They're so fraudulent that I can see them being out of the playoffs in Honestly, they're, they're going to be out of the playoffs here uh, very, very shortly. They are playing against third string of the New York Giants. And 
yes, I know the touchdowns came in the fourth quarter at the very end, but come on. You you look the way that you look today. And I understand Jalen Hurts is coming back, but come on. I, you're right. I've said it all year. I, I think these Eagles are a one and done in the playoff. I still believe that. I think that Nick Sirianni has coached out of his mind. But, dude, it's going to catch up. Uh, Your issue is this is a game that you got to put away if you're as good as you are, the Philadelphia Eagles, right? This is a game you can't be struggling with. Uh, You cannot win by six points uh, against Davis Webb. You just can't. And depending on sidekick at the end as well. Yeah, I get what you guys are saying, but if I want to have a contrarian viewpoint to it, Yes. Again, because this because week 17, it's all division rivals. Eagles and Giants historically had a have a very vicious rivalry. I know this because I have have family who are Eagles fans, who have friends who are Giants fans. And and they say the rivalry is real. And anytime those two play, it doesn't matter who's playing. They want to beat the snot out of each other. So. So you have to take that into consideration as well. However, I do agree you shouldn't keep – they should have won in convincing fashion against the Giants. But any given Sunday, anything can happen. And also, Jalen wasn't in the game. Excuse me. Yeah, Jalen wasn't in the game. So so we'll see what happens in the, in the playoffs. I think the Vikings are more of a fraud than Philadelphia because, yeah, Kirk Cousins is winning all those games in the fourth quarter – but the thing is, Peyton Manning did that all those years of what happened in the postseason. Choked. That was a fantastic take. Very, very good point. I know that you're anti-Vikings because you are a Green Bay fan. So I think you have to detract from that. <laughs> if you can compartmentalize it. Yeah, I have to detract from that. But I'm also being objective with it, too. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, so... Let's go on to the next game, final game. I think my takeaway was just the Giants kept it close at the end. I thought Philadelphia dominated the whole game. I watched a lot of it as well. But, yeah, I just think Philadelphia was better. And they're looking forward to next week. Can't blame them. All right, Fofo, lead us off with the final game on our slate, which is the Chargers and the Broncos. Well, as much as I want to let Russ cook and hop into that game, man, I feel like we'd be disrespecting some fans out in Minnesota if we did not talk about the Minnesota Vikings at Chicago. Um, I I don't know. Are you sure about that, man? I I don't even know if Vikings fans... uh... I knew you were trying to skip it because we have jam on here, you know, and, he, and I know the Packer fan and um, it's going to be hard. But I, the only point I wanted to bring up on this Vikings Bears game is that uh, Vikings looked solid. Uh, definitely not the game that I thought the Bears would play. If you actually go back to the last episode, I did have the Bears and I thought there was a potential upset here. Um, definitely don't see you that now. <laughs> yeah, don't see that at all. They, they look really clunky on offense and it's sporadic and it just doesn't look good. And also I got to throw this out here. Congrats to the bears for winning when they lost. They, they now own the number one draft, you know, the number one pick in the draft. So they, they can get a King's ransom for that. So the only reason I really wanted to bring that up, if you guys have any thoughts on that game, it was kind of uneventful for the most part, but uh, just figured I'd throw that out there for you guys. Yeah, Jam, I'm going to let you go on this one. I missed this game. I uh, caught a little bit of the end, but it, it was, it was, uh, it was out of it. I didn't see much of this game, but 
But I saw the highlight. Even though I don't like the Vikings, I do have Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson on my fantasy team because they always give me good points. So I've been seeing a lot of notifications. I'm like, oh, this might be I, – I wasn't even watching the whole game. <laughs> you didn't miss much, honestly. It really – for the score being what it was, 29-13, it really – defensive the Bears actually did look good in the first um, from what I recall. But the Vikings just pulled away. I mean, it's just too dominant with that passing right. attack and the inconsistency of the Bears' offense. Um, I mean, even the score at half was 16-6, to six, right? So, yeah, yes. I guess at the end of the day, it's one of those things where what I didn't factor in was the fact that the Bears could be playing for the number one overall pick. And I, I think that's kind of what they did here, man. I don't know if they gave their best effort. I would, I would, I would agree with that. Um, and and now we'll move on to uh, letting Russ cook in the season finale against uh, the Chargers. Here, I, I actually made this my lock of the week in the last episode. I said I had the Broncos take a money line. I love the Broncos in this game. I think they're really starting to, it's starting to finish, right. And obviously they're on the interim coach, uh, and that's going to get changed. But if if any if there's any truth to the rumors and the reports that they're interested in either Sean Payton or Harbaugh coming to town, especially Harbaugh, I'm going to be honest. I think he's the great. I, I honestly believe he's the best coach not coaching in the NFL right now, and I don't even think it's close. Um, if they are able to get that uh, interview and get him secured, my goodness. But in terms of this game here, Russell looked good. The team got the win, and I think at least it ends that that Broncos season on somewhat of something you can build off of. Uh, what, well, what did you guys think? Well, Russell salvaged it, but honestly, I don't think he was that good as numbers as the numbers say. The numbers say he played all right, but I believe at one point he was two and seven for twenty something yards. Uh, Ouch! Yeah, I just think I just think they made some plays, and they made some plays on some Chargers backups, man. So it, let's not <laughs> let's not you know forget about that but at the end of the day the broncos got it done 31 28 hats off to them i know that the chargers actually had a a very um a random touchdown by keenan allen at the very end as well to make it a three-point game they hit palmer on the two-point conversion but yeah this was a terrible season for the broncos man i think they're just glad to be over with what do you think jim did you watch this game i didn't see this game but my hot take on the Blancos, as far as I saw throughout the year, is Russell Wilson, I think, has developed his reputation as a coach killer. He got Daryl Bevel fired in Seattle. Well, understandably so, Daryl Bevel should have been fired after that horrible interception in Super Bowl Forty Nine, but still got him fired. Then got Brian Schottenheimer fired in Seattle. In twenty after the 2020 season, and then in the middle of the season, got Nathaniel Hackett fired. So I'm going to make a bold prediction. If Jim Harbaugh or Sean Payton are going to return to the NFL, I don't think they would want to work with Russell Wilson because of his reputation as a coach killer. Think about this if you're Jim Harbaugh and you're at Michigan. I was listening to this with Colin Cowherd. He says, do work in a job that you enjoy working at. And I do not think Jim Harbaugh would enjoy working with someone like Russell Wilson, who expects to have his own coaches, his own system. Oh. My bad. I accidentally pressed the button, Jim. Can you keep going, please? Yeah. So, so I think a Harbaugh or Sean Payton isn't going to go to Denver to coach Russell Wilson. 
Hey, and just to add on to Jam's point, sorry, Gug, and I just wanted to add on that. Yeah, of course, First off, the co- the killer, the coach killer comment is phenomenal. That is a very good take. I think we also forget, man. He looking on the hot for a little bit at times. There was Seattle media calling for his uh, for his job, which now in retrospect would have been absolutely the worst thing Seattle could have done. I just wanted to add on too that uh, in terms of. Harbaugh coming to town, you also have to realize, I don't know the next time the Broncos have a meaningful draft pick. So this is not going to be his team. <laughs> He's not going to be having any draft anybody that he wants coming out of college, uh, unless it's late round picks. So I, I think Jam's got a very good point there. I think if you're the Broncos, you open check it for Harbaugh because he's proven he can win in the NFL. But that said, if I'm Harbaugh, I like that point of, you know, work where you want to work, you know, in, where you enjoy working. And that that's a very good point. From what I can see what he's doing at Michigan, he seems to be enjoying it more than he enjoyed his time at San Francisco, oddly enough. I mean, he was a great coach in San Francisco for sure, but – I feel like a part of me is he's doing these coaching things so then he could get leverage on a better deal with Michigan, if that makes sense. He did it last year with the Vikings as well, Jam. I, I, just to bring this up, there was rumors it was a done deal. It was signed and delivered, and he was going to be taking over the Vikings job. If it wasn't last year, it was the year before. But it was um, definitely leaked out to the media, and then he signed that extension with Michigan. So you could be 100% right that this is just a play by Harbaugh to get a little bit more money. Yeah, play by a little bit more money and also to use scare tactics to make the Big Ten feel like he's going to be gone and is just trolling his competition. Absolutely, absolutely. I think we did uh, – I think we are good on the games as of now. I think we've covered every single game. We didn't leave off any Indy or Texan game uh, this time around. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess the final little recap hey, you know, from everyone – is what was that man? That was a low blow, man. That was a low blow. I <laughs> I hyped it up, man, and it lived oh, up God. to uh, lived up to sixty two points, man, or sixty three points. Hey, you you know what, man? You forgot that game. Like I almost forgot that I need to keep this trend going. This is episode three. I just yes. smoking Jay Cutler was. I need to keep this tradition alive. So we're three episodes in and three Jay Cutler references. <laughs> I well, had actually, easy- man, I made a Yes, what was that? Oh, I was just going to say, I had an easy way to bring it in earlier with Lovey Smith, but we were getting so into to Lovey Actually, firing that I, I forgot. I, don't know if so. you heard. I brought it up. I brought up the uh, only win that Rodgers had <laughs> that was meaningful was against oh, Caleb Haney because the great smoker Jay Cutler was on the sidelines. Have well, well man, I got to give you props. You kept, the, you kept fair, the tradition I, alive. I will say this. Yes, it's against Caleb Haney, but we have to remember – the Bears had a hell of a defense that year, too, with Erlacher, Briggs, and all those guys. I mean, I've watched a couple of Packer Bear games when Erlacher was the inside, was the middle linebacker, and he would always find ways to fool Aaron Rodgers. He's probably the only linebacker that could do that easily. And I yes. saw it in front of my own eyes. There was this one point in which Rodgers was trying to throw the ball to someone. I don't remember who. And Erlacher made this amazing interception. And I was like, I was like, wow. And I saw this in person. And I'm like, that guy is just the real deal, man. Those Bears defenses under Lovey Smith should not be underestimated. They always played the Packers tough. So, so when you say the whole Aaron Rodgers beat Caleb Haney thing, it's not really Aaron Rodgers being Caleb Haney. It's beating that tough defense. 
Jam, we got to bring you on, sir, for one of our throwback episodes because you're a you're an absolute knowledge of football, and, and you're 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 getting my mind thinking, man. And I think it's absolutely uh, phenomenal. We definitely need to have you on on one of these uh, most underrated, most overrated. Talk about you know. I, I think it's going to be uh, just getting another voice in the room that that just yeah. can bring that up is phenomenal. Getting that Packers Midwest representation, right? Yep, absolutely, man. But sure. You know, it's uh, it's interesting, man, guys. I feel like I don't even know where the time flies, right? I think we're maybe an hour in, uh, something along that line. But I think what we need to do is, I think if you guys have a few extra minutes, I think what we should do is do a bit of a teaser round where we just do a brief overview of the playoff matchups that are for this upcoming weekend and Monday. And we just kind of give our maybe preemptive initial thoughts, what we're excited about. And then we, you know, we, we go and we do our research and we look at what the lines come out to. And then we'll go off of that and bet the spreads and see who we see winning. All right, Fofo, the first game, Jim, that we have is the Seattle Seahawks going on the road to San Francisco. Division rival, third matchup of the year, Saturday. Opening Ooh. game. Ooh. Jim, you want to go first? Yeah, I think. This is an interesting one. Gut tells me the Seahawks might have the potential to do an upset, but if I have to think of this, if the smart choice is saying San Francisco, because, this again, the Seahawks are just a young team making young team mistakes, and the 49ers have been going to the playoffs for, for years now under Kyle Shanahan, and that experience factor is probably going to be the reason why we'll put San Francisco beating Seattle. And if I had to give a score of 31, 17. Wow. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I'm going to keep mine relatively brief because I don't want to commit to anything yet because I want to see what the lines are going to be indicative of, but I will say this, this game, the first thing that came to my mind between Seattle and San Francisco, we're going to find out how real Geno Smith truly is and we're going to find out if this guy is truly we're going to find out if Geno is going to write us off you know because at the end of the day this is not an easy matchup whatsoever I'd argue this is the Seahawks toughest matchup in the playoffs Um, so I will say this is going to be a big 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 answer of who Geno Smith truly is is he Geno resurrected or is he Geno the Jet we're going to find out you know what guys I mean the storyteller, the nostalgic, the kid inside me. I think it's only fitting that here it is, 2023. We're all in our late 20s. And the game that we're excited about, the opening game, is Seattle versus San Francisco. What a day to be alive, and Coach Pete is still coaching. Uh, you know what? I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of excited. I think I'm getting a little bit of goosebumps thinking about this setup. I got to say, my gut, I think it's going to be a close game. Hopefully a couple of bounces can go Seattle's way. I know that my family, a lot of family members of mine, they're all 49ers fans. My dad, my dad grew up in, uh, my dad grew up in India, but my dad lived a a long time in California. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's like, you know, it's like, wait a second. No, no, my dad's, you know, he, he grew up in India. However, he's lived all over the world. But he spent a lot of his time in the late uh, late 80s, and he was a big Niners fan. Whoa, looks like we got another guy coming in. Uh, Juan, how's it going? 
Anyone know Juan? No, nah, but welcome in, man. We're just re- we're, we just recapped the entire uh, week eighteen slate, and we're kind of just going over playoff uh, playoffs, not predictions, but kind of just running through the lineup, seeing what we like, what we don't like. If there's anything yeah, that catches your catches your uh, your eye, you want to jump in on, give a little take, feel free, man. Yeah, Juan, we'll invite you to speak. Um, we'd love to hear your take. Also, there's a comment in here as well. If you want to type away, if you got anything to to get a hold of us, or if you want to type away anything. But we'll keep going. Oh, here, he's typing something. Oh, perfect. He'll let us know. Awesome. Thank you, Juan. Yeah. Um, feel free to uh, to step up to the platform and give us your take on these matchups, man. But yes, I think the San Francisco-Seattle game is going to be close. I'm just, I'm just going off what my gut says. I think the line comes out around six, six and a half points. I definitely think Seattle's going to cover... Um, I'm going to have to do a bit more research and a bit more analysis on this, obviously. But come on, man. Geno Smith, the team the team really rallies for him. Um, one thing I will say that I have discussed off the air, I think there's three questions to a quarterback, all right? It's does the team – like does the fan want to have a beer with him or a drink with him or a coffee with him, all right? Do you want to hang out with the quarterback, okay? Okay, the second question, does the team like him? Do they want to rally around him? And then the third question you got to ask yourself is, if he is the quarterback of your favorite team, are you satisfied? Okay, and I think a lot of Seattle fans, I don't think they necessarily cared for Geno, but I think they were semi-neutral, liked him. I know he was a big locker room fan, though. People liked him. He was a team captain the past few years. I don't see how Seattle doesn't get hyped. It's a young team, like we mentioned earlier, Let's just let's keep that in mind, guys. I think this is a very close game, trap game for 49ers. They have a seventh-round pick, Brock Purdy, who hasn't really been tested. Coach Pete, he's going to look up the college film on this guy. Come on, guys. I like this. I like this matchup. Maybe I've sold you on this. Will, uh, did you have a comment, Fofo? And then we can jump into the Chargers matchup as well. No, I was just going to say, man, I, I think you have a good take there. Uh, and, and I think that, uh, you know, I think a lot of teammates of Geno seem to like him, right? Unless you're an offensive lineman and you owe him some money for a plane ticket. I, I don't want to get into it, but, you know, we'll just we'll just <laughs> leave it at that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we got Chargers at Jacksonville. Uh, coming up next this is a interesting one i will say uh when it comes to this one i love doug peterson and i'm really excited for this i think it's a this this one is probably the hardest out of every game to kind of have a lean on i i personally think so i think it's going to come down to uh is jacksonville real are they are they legit and and are they going to be able to uh doug peterson going to keep this train rolling man um yeah what are what are your guys' thoughts Jan, I'll let you go first. Hmm. I think this is going to be a very interesting game because Justin Herbert has never played a playoff game and you're going against Jacksonville, which, truth be told, Trevor Lawrence hasn't played a playoff game, but Doug Peterson has won a Super Bowl with Philadelphia. So, so because of that head coaching experience... I actually would say Jacksonville has a shot to win this. This could be a 2017 game for me. Wow, that's a hot take, man. A very hot take. You, what's what's the path to victory for Jacksonville? Is it the run game? Like, why do you see that? Do you think it's the coaching advantage? Mainly the coaching advantage, and also the Chargers have to fly from L.A. 
to Jacksonville, so they have Bingo. to go across the country, and there's going to be jet lag, obviously. So they're going to be tired, and that's and Jacksonville's going to take advantage of that. And I don't know what the weather is going to be like in Jacksonville, but because if it's hot and humid, even a team from California cannot handle the hu- the hot and humid air because they're so used to dry heat. That's a great take. Wow. You know what, Jim? That's it's funny you mentioned that, man, because that Fofo and I, we've seen that happen a lot in college football, right? You have an Oregon, you have a Washington, you have these Pac-12 teams. They go out east and go down to the south, and they they struggle in the humidity, right? You can't train for it, you can't emulate it. I mean, I'm a West Coast kid myself, right? Lived in the Northwest, lived in California, the West Coast. I'm out here in Hawaii, and it's humid every day, man. And you can't really. <laughs> You know, even training at uh, sea level, you can't emulate it. And the humidity levels are lower here than Jacksonville as well. I like that take. Guys, I'm not even trying to be a contrarian. I don't even think it's simple. The roster is so much better for the Chargers. I have the better quarterback. Ooh, I I don't know about that. Hey, hey, hey. Don't interrupt me. Don't interrupt me, man, on this one. (laughs) Hey, man, I'm just not going to let you spit lies out to the public like that, man. I got to hold you in check, man. Okay, that's fine. I have the better Instagram quarterback, all right? He puts up a bit more highlights for people to see. Um, So I got Herbert. I've got Eckler. Eckler is a machine. The guy doesn't get tired. He might get hurt, though, but we'll see. I think he's actually held up very well this season. I have the better receiving core. And the better defense. I do have a disadvantage at coach, but I just think these Chargers are battle tested. I think Coach Staley might actually be coaching for his career. He's kind of had a uh, had some letdowns, right, in the playoffs as well, and and even missing the playoffs last year, right, with the uh, the Raiders mishap at the very end. Oh, and don't forget this: Brandon Staley is going to be distracted with all the Sean Payton rumors. Oh. Because if I'm going to say yep. this, if, if L.A. loses, I think Sean Payton's going to L.A. Because he's already living in L.A. for Fox Sports. He doesn't have to move. He has a young up-and-coming quarterback, a roster that's built to win now. I, don't, I think Sean Payton's going to be going to the Chargers if the Chargers are one and done. Wow, you heard it here first. Jam, I That's feel like you're out here breaking news, man. You're you're <laughs> over here. I'm over here like, well, we got to lock it in. Sean Payton's headed to the Chargers. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I, one thing I just really quickly want to add before we move on to the next game here is, you know, you, you mentioned everything about the Chargers. The roster's better. The, you know, the, the invested in the stadium and all this stuff. That's great. They've done that their entire time. Look at every Chargers playoff team in the history of Chargers playoff teams. They've always been stacked. They've always had a great tight end, always had a great wide receiver, always had a great defense, always had a great quarterback, and they always, always choke. Give me Jacksonville. Also, Jacksonville kind of has reminded me of the Bengals of last year. We just kind of expect them to lose, and they're going to be hanging out for a couple weeks. It's just early little prediction. All right, you know what, man? This is obviously we're going to save a bit and save a lot of this for the next episode where we actually deep dive into this. But I'm going to bet a couple of McChickens on this one, man. There's no way my Chargers are going to lose this game. I like this. A McChicken, I think this is worth probably two McChickens for sure on this game. Yes, yeah, we'll, we'll bet the game money line. Um, yes, next game. All right, so now we're going on to the Sunday slate. The opening game for Sunday, we have the Miami Dolphins facing off against the Buffalo Bills. Division rival, third time around facing off against each other. All games have been close. 
Fofo, I'm going to let you go first. Who do you like? Why do you like them? I'm so sorry. Uh, th- that just cut out. Did you say for me to go? Uh, yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. Please go. Oh, I'm so sorry, man. So, yeah, this game is really, really interesting. I'm a big, big McDaniel fan. I, I think he is a mad scientist. I've supported him through his losing streaks. I don't think he has the easiest roster to handle. Um, that said, based off the current situation of the Dolphins roster with uh, it looking like Skylar Thompson may be asked to start. And if, if not Skylar, you're looking at Teddy Bridgewater, which I don't feel as much of an upgrade if I'm being completely honest with you. Uh, it pains me to say this, but I think it's going to be a very, very, very long day for the Dolphins. And I think the Bills are going to absolutely cruise in in this one. Early, early hot take uh, on that. I think I might have to agree with you on that, Bofo, because – because truth be told, historically in this rivalry, the Bills would always beat the Dolphins in Buffalo because, simply because of that other factor, the weather. Usually it's all cold and windy, and a team from Florida cannot handle the cold. Very, very good point. What about you, Doug? What, what are you feeling about this one, man? Oh, I'm sorry, Jam. You can go. I mean, that's what happened to Dan Marino when he lost to all those Buffalo teams of Jim Kelly. Ooh, very true. I like that take, man. Jam, I, I feel like you and I, man, I feel like you go even further than I do, man. I feel like I kind of t- stop at 05, 06, and I love the fact that you'll go even older than that in the 90s, man. I love your uh, your historical context, man. Yeah, guys, Wait. I got to say, oh, yes, yeah, I got to say, maybe I'm a little biased, all right? I think for those, you know, I haven't mentioned this, but my my secondary team for a very long time has actually been Buffalo ever since Tyrod Taylor even before that with the J.P. Lossman back in the day. Just something about the Bills uniforms, even when Drew Bledsoe went there. I got to say, Buffalo is going to hammer these Dolphins in this cold weather. Hammer them. This is going to be what the Bills did to Coach Belichick last year in the playoffs. We're going to win big. We're going to win by over 14, 15 points. I think the line, I don't know where it even comes out because we don't know if two is going to play. That might sway my opinion a little bit. Love Coach McDaniel, but there's no way he's going up against the Bills and beating them. All right? So, guys, I don't know. But then again, the Miami Dolphins, they have some big plays. They make a lot of a lot of deep plays, especially with Waddle and Hill, Gusecki. We'll see. But I think the way I see it, Josh Allen, as long as he doesn't turn into a old Brett Favre with all these interceptions and fumbles and turnovers, I think they should be fine. I think Buffalo in a landslide. That's my take. I mean, I don't know if what you guys have the rebuttal to that fofo or jam. Did I sway you guys? Yo, that's a good anyone there? Take. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. We're here, fofo. Can you hear us? All right, fofo. Hopefully he can hear us. We're gonna go on to the next game for Sunday. The New York Football Giants going to Minnesota for the afternoon game. Giants are the underdogs. Minnesota playoff game. Jam, this is your division rival that you really dislike. I'll give it to you. I'll let Jam go first, and then Fofo, uh, hopefully you can hear us now, and you'll go f- you'll go after him. All right, Jam, you're up. I do not trust the Giants to beat the beat the Vikings because I, I don't know. Daniel Jones just doesn't wow me that much. I mean, they got Saquon Barkley. They got all these other players, but... I feel like as much flack as I'd like to give Kirk Cousins, I do feel like the Vikings have the superior quarterback in this matchup. And I 
And that's why I would take Minnesota to win 30 to 24. Wow. I like that. Fofo, can you hear us? If you can, can you go? All right. No worries. We got some technical difficulties on Fofo's end. But yeah, man, I like the Vikings here as well. I just don't know how good this Giants team is. However, this Giants defense is better than Minnesota, so I'm going to actually have to do a bit more deep diving onto this. Um, We're going to go into the next game for Sunday, actually, the night game. Cincinnati Bengals hosting the Baltimore Ravens division rival. Jim, how do you see this happening, man? Who do you got and why? Ooh, the Ravens need Lamar Jackson in this game if they're going to produce points. However, the defense might have a shot to play well against the Bengals. But the thing is, the Bengals will find a way to eke it out because they have so many weapons. And and it's it's going to be a toss-up for me. I can see this going either way, to be honest. Wow. Okay. Fofo, can you hear us? If you can, uh, just mute your, unmute your mic. Yeah, this is the thing they don't tell you about. Uh, the internet quality in Vegas is a little uh, hit and miss sometimes. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, hopefully he can uh, join us or something. I think, uh, Fofo, what you might want to do is just, uh, I don't know, maybe take someone else's phone and join in or something like that. Or join in via your computer, possibly. I'm not too sure what other advice I can give you. Yeah, I think the Bengals are going to hammer this win. We'll see what the line comes out to. That might make me change what I would actually bet and pick. But, yeah, guys, I I think the Cincinnati team is they're, – they're thirsty and they're hungry and they're ready. They're ready for a deep playoff run, and I think they make it back. They'll go deep. We'll just see. The AFC is full of Titans. And uh, we're not talking about the team. <laughs> but, all right. Ouch. You know, not not this year. That's all right. I'm a Titans fan, but it's okay. Anywho, we're going to go to the final matchup. I want to see if Fofo can get his uh, technology fixed. Uh, one second. Let's see. Because if Mammy says he's right, that's his team, the Buccaneers. Right. I wonder what would happen if Fofo left and rejoined, but I'm not sure. I think he should do it. Um, let's see. I almost want to have him do that, but I don't want to risk the podcast is connecting but yeah it's interesting hold on let's tell me when to okay no problem well i think fofo's got technology issues so he's just gonna have to uh listen to us (laughs) yeah oh snaps we got another person joining uh geo goldmans hey man how's it going if you want any uh if you got any say on these playoff predictions for the final game, uh, please step onto the platform or type away. Let us know what you like. One second. Let's see. All right. Jim, for those that can hear me, we have the Dallas Cowboys, America's team facing off against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jim, who do you like and why do you like them? Oh, boy. You have the team that's an accident waiting to happen. Versus Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. Mm, I am going to take Tampa Bay. Dallas is going to find a way to muck it up. And Tom Brady is going to make them pay in the fourth quarter. So you think this is a comeback win for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers? 
Oh, yeah. Mainly thanks to the Cowboys' ineptitude when prosperity hits. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, Gio, I know you got Tampa, right? So uh, that's good. One of our new uh, our people that just joined, Gio uh, Goldman's, is his Twitter name. He's just typed in Tampa big. And uh, Juan actually typed away as well, and he said that would want to see Bucks take this game, but Dallas might be able to hang on to keep this close, even though today wasn't the best of displays, which uh, maybe switch out Dak for this match. <laughs> oh, man, I like these takes. This is the best part about engagement, right, is I like the fact that he, he sees the fact that this Dallas defense is really good, right? This is a damn good Dallas defense, and that's exactly, I think, maybe what Juan's getting at. Juan's probably also getting on the fact that Dak has had a lot of interceptions this year, which isn't actually um it hasn't been his play style, right, Jam? I feel like historically he doesn't throw too many interceptions. Yeah. He he doesn't. And well, that's another way that Dallas could lose. A pick six from Devin White or any of the other Bucks defenders. Yeah, you know, uh, that's so I just don't see Dal. I just don't see Dallas winning on on Monday. I think that's going to be my big lock. I think I could lock that because the other games, I could see some of them going either way. Maybe with the exception of Dolphins and Bills, I think my two locks are Dolphin Bills beating Dolphins and Buccaneers beating Cowboys. You there, Goggin? <laughs> 